Hello, everyone. I am Brian Zimmerman, AVP Client Content Strategy with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Anand Nathan, co-founder and chief product officer at Amplify MD. Anand, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate you taking some time to come on the podcast. To get going here, can you share just a, a little bit more about your background with our listeners and also share why you founded Amplify MD? What's the origin story there? I am uh, an engineer by training and so started off and then went early on in my career into the management consulting world, helping a number of different companies kind of implement technologies, improve operations and uh, figure out how we can make uh, their lives more efficient. Moved out to Silicon Valley and a number of years ago and started out at LinkedIn when it was a relatively small uh, company at the time and kind of spent six years leading corporate development and strategy. You know, over that time, I got to really understand uh, kind of the impact that technology could have on a number of different industries and systems. And um, I come from a family of physicians and probably in the black sheep of, of the family that uh, didn't go to medical school. Uh, and so eventually knew I was going to go uh, get into healthcare and, you know, the confluence of working with companies to help make them more efficient and kind of really understanding the enterprise software space. Uh, from my time at LinkedIn, that combination, uh, you know, kind of started to, to speak to me to say, how could I leverage those, that knowledge that I've gained and skills that I've learned to apply that to healthcare. And so we really focused early on, you know, my family comes from our, our physicians that uh, really uh, were primarily in kind of the rural areas of the country. And we saw that healthcare was, you know, the challenges that they faced were uh, slightly different from the ones we saw here in Silicon Valley. So we're really focused on how could we improve their lives. And one of the things that we saw was that a lack of access to specialty care uh, was really creating a challenge for these hospitals to take care of their, uh, take care and keep people in their community. And uh, it was something that we felt like uh, telehealth was a natural kind of way to deliver the specialty care. The biggest piece that we found was just, it was a huge challenge for these small health systems to set up telehealth programs. And so they were looking for a simple way that uh, encompassed all of the technology aspects, the network, all of those pieces to be able to access it and deliver this care. And uh, we saw it really resonated uh, and was very successful in terms of helping these hospitals keep these patients. And along the way, we found that uh, this simple kind of solution uh, resonated not only with these uh, smaller uh, community hospitals, but really resonated uh, with every hospital that's out there that isn't your flagship academic uh, medical center, because all of them have gaps in care. And as we kind of looked at the future and you know the well-publicized provider shortages get worse, uh, it's only going to become a bigger challenge and spread more broadly across uh, the healthcare system. And can you share more about sort of the why there? I know you, you you touch on it at a high level, but just really getting into like some of the challenges that are unique to to those rural environments and why it's so important that that you know the technology and systems like this be available to those folks. You know what we found talking with these hospitals was that you know they were unnecessarily transferring patients, not because they didn't have the capabilities to take care of them from a equipment standpoint or anything like that, but uh, just when those patients got a little bit more complex than what those uh, hospitalists that were locally there uh, were able to take care of or felt comfortable taking care of, they didn't have that extra resource to help support them to be able to feel confident in taking care of that patient. So the, their immediate uh, kind of instinct would be to uh, transfer that patient to a larger uh, tertiary care center hours away. 
what we found was this is becoming a huge problem for these smaller hospitals because each time they do that, uh, they lose a huge amount of uh, obviously revenue and funding from the bundle payments that come from uh, payers. And you know these hospitals are all on the precipice of financial viability. Uh, it's it was becoming a huge challenge for them. And so you can think of one use case being you know a patient that comes in that's septic. Uh, they get a little bit more complex. They don't respond to the antibiotic treatment that hospitalist is using the way that they would uh, have hoped. You know, that's when you'd call an ID physician uh, and uh, they would kind of co-pilot with you to be able to take care of that patient uh, and uh, guide them to, to discharge. That's what we found was that we could leverage telehealth to bring in that uh, infectious disease physician and keep these patients in their community. I really appreciate the specificity of that that sort of use case there. and. Obviously, technology telehealth can really help fill this, this this gap and expand access to care and give people the and help those hospitals that are really struggling financially. But of course, you know, telehealth in and of itself comes with its own set of challenges. Can you talk about those a little bit? What are the biggest challenges you see hospitals and health systems struggle with when it comes to telemedicine? Yeah, I think to a certain extent, and I'm going to speak very focused on because telemedicine is obviously very broad, can encompass uh, you know everything from your direct to consumer you know kind of applications, things that you see for commercials on TV, down to uh, you know very technically complicated uh, things that are done, uh, you know even in the operating room. I'm really focused on kind of in in the hospital kind of context, and in that context, what we had seen was that uh, you know you have kind of twofold uh, twofold problem. You have these naive health systems uh, that really don't have a whole lot of experience with uh, telehealth uh, and and virtual care being a part of their experience in the hospital. There's a thinking that uh, to set up a telehealth program is really all about how do I make a video connection uh, with a doctor, uh, and uh, when you really focus only on the video connection. What that does is it doesn't take into account all of the different workflow changes, all of the different process changes, all the different compliance things that have to be done. And their typical idea for uh, kind of setting up a telehealth program would be, let's figure out the video problem, and then let's uh, put a lot of people to do all the coordination around it. What we find there is that it leads to really suboptimal experiences for both the staff on the ground, uh, the telepresenters, the nurses that are having to kind of do the, the work to do the telepresenting. Uh, it creates challenges for the physicians uh, because uh, you're not setting up uh, ways uh, in designing the program to make it simpler for them. You're just relying on them to kind of access the EHR in the same way, you're relying on them to uh, you know, touch uh, you know, four or five, six different systems when they're providing this care. And so when you think of uh, telehealth in the uh, inpatient space only about uh, really focused only on the video connection and not the uh, holistic workflow from end to end, um, you really create experiences uh, for nurses, for uh, referring physicians or attending physicians in the hospital, uh, for uh, the telehealth uh, providers um, that really aren't uh, ideal and put a lot of burden on them to manage a lot of the workflow aspects manually. Uh, and when that happens, then uh, you, know, you create a negative impression of, of telehealth, uh, and that can create you know, challenges for you as you try to expand, as you try to find providers that want to uh, you know, provide this care, uh, as you uh, try to uh, add additional uh, kind of programs within your system with nurses pushing back uh, on the challenges associated with it. So we see that being a challenge. And then on the flip side, we also see you know, hospitals that are fairly progressive in uh, virtual care that have uh, started up programs five years ago, you know, we would go to hospitals and there may be one 
virtual care program or telehealth program, maybe two. Um, we're now starting to see five, six, seven different virtual care programs in the hospitals. And the challenge that they're facing is that uh, as they've started up all of these programs, um, they've gone to point uh, solutions for each one of them. You know, they'll be have a tele ICU solution, a telepsych solution, uh, a telestroke solution. All of them work on different carts, work on different systems. And so you have this proliferation of all of these uh, different uh, virtual care solutions that uh, creates uh, training challenges for the staff on the ground, creates confusion and frustration for, for the staff in terms of how to, how to do that. And so uh, it's been a challenge in terms of as this is expanded to really do it in a scalable way uh, where you can manage uh, a number of programs at the same time. And I'm struck in your answer there just about how much of, of these challenges really sort of encompass the, the, the people who are experiencing the technology, right? Having a, a tough experience with it, whether you know, you're 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 a nurse or, or or perhaps a patient. All these different things that can get in the way is really a, a major challenge here. But when it comes to technology, that's not necessarily the case from sort of other industries, retail, the rest of the tech industry. Folks' experience with technology is often pretty user user friendly. Um, so I'm curious, when it comes to technology, what do you think is sort of the biggest opportunity for healthcare right now? And, and what can healthcare really learn from the rest of the, the, the tech industry that is really, you know, nailed down convenience when it comes to the user experience? I think that's that's a good point. You know, from my time at LinkedIn, I spent uh, my time there really studying the enterprise software space and understanding uh, how technology has changed for clothes in different uh, verticals. Uh, you can think of um, HR, sales, things like that. And I think one of the you know, interesting kind of concepts um, that we saw in terms of the evolution of technology in those spaces was kind of this concept of a system of record, right? You have this kind of main software system that is the source of truth that uh, kind of holds all of the data required for that particular vertical. And so you can think about in the sales context, this is like Salesforce, um, you know, became uh, it has become kind of the leading leading vendor, right? It, that software has become kind of the source of uh, source of truth. So anything associated with sales, whether it's your leads, whether it's your uh, your uh, contracts, whether everything goes into that system, and everyone knows that they can uh, kind of access that, and that is the one correct kind of record of information that's all encompassing of everything that happens with that um, that particular kind of vertical. And so those systems of records became really important uh, over time, really for the idea of being that data source uh, that was really important for uh, compliance, for metrics, for all of these different pieces. Uh, but over time, as they became this all-encompassing software, these systems of records, and really had to satisfy so many different use cases uh, so many different uh, workflows, so many different uh, types of sales teams. It led to a huge amount of proliferation of uh, features, of things that made those UIs much more complicated as opposed to simplifying and helping out the end users that actually made them more complicated. Um, and to a certain extent, that's, uh, that's fine. It's great if you have one system that's able to uh, kind of capture all of that, but you're actually starting to move away from actually making the lives easier of the people who use it on a day-to-day -day basis to making them harder and more complicated because to be that system of record means that you need to encompass all of these different things. And the reason why, you know, uh, things like sales and we, we talk about kind of cloud software and all those different things, 
The reason why those kind of really came to the forefront and became the leading systems records in these other verticals was because they created this open environment through APIs uh, to be able to allow other software companies to come in and build on top of those systems of records to integrate with that data, to be able to create those um, really magical user experiences for particular use cases. And so the challenge that we have uh, right now with healthcare is that we have these great systems of records that have been uh, kind of building up. And when we think about systems records in the healthcare space, it's the EHR system, but we don't quite have the interoperability you know, yet uh, to be able to create this ecosystem uh, that sits on top of the uh, EHR to create these really uh, great user experiences for uh, end users. And so we see some of that starting to come up, uh, but it's not as widespread and the impact is limited because of the slow adoption of interoperability standards and the inconsistency with which they're being uh, rolled out. And just, you know, I think that, you know, some of it is justified in terms of kind of the fear of uh, sharing data, the fear of, uh, you know, PHI and how do you maintain uh, kind of security for this really important information. Um, but really, if we're uh, going to build kind of user experiences that are focused on uh, what the uh, doctor sees, what the nurse sees, and what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, um, I think this is the path that we really need to be going down. In thinking about sort of the way you laid it out there, you know, interoperability as being this sort of essential thing, this essential goal that needs to happen to get those user experiences that that, that healthcare really needs to be able to to deliver right now. But it also seems like a, a particularly thorny challenge a, a, as you sort of laid out some of the, the the challenges there in terms of why it's difficult to achieve. In the context of all that, what is one piece of advice you would give to health systems right now? I'd really focus on that interoperability piece. I, I would really be focused on how could you transition your software stack, if you will, to be really focused on interoperability and um, avail yourself of the tools and things that are needed to really make the experiences and, and the lives easier for you know, your employees, your, especially your frontline employees, your doctors, your nurses, et cetera, that are, uh, that are really delivering the care. You know, we've seen a lot of obviously technology burnout uh, is a topic that uh, that comes up over and over again. You know, I've spoken with uh, some of our doctors, you know, along the way over the past number of years, talking about uh, technology and healthcare. Um, I spoke with one physician who, you know, he spent a lot of his time doing locums, and he said, you know, the first question that I would ask is, what is the EHR that they're using, and uh, if it was a certain EHR, uh, which I won't name. Uh, you know, he would immediately decline the opportunity and he's declined over, you know, uh, thousands of dollars more per week uh, just to not be a part of that or not deal with that technology. And so I think it's really important for these health systems to understand they need to uh, kind of up-level and modernize kind of their stack to enable them to be able to be part of this kind of ecosystem that's going to come in the future. Um, I feel strongly about that, but that's where we're going to go. And if you're not able to do that, then you're going to have less efficient physicians. You're going to have struggle retaining and uh, attracting providers and nurses to come to your come to your hospital. And as we become more and more in this situation where you know these resources are in short supply, that's going to be uh, you know an existential threat if you're not able to to keep people and retain people and attract people to your health system uh, because of the technology systems that you're using. 
Yeah, and I mean that existential threat is a is a good way to describe it. If you think about sort of uh, again some of the struggles folks are already having, just getting enough clinicians on on staff, the last thing you want is added tech burnout, right? On a... Exactly, we see it every day from the standpoint of uh, you know we work with a broad swath of uh, health systems, and uh, we work with large health systems uh, that are on more modern implementations of EHRs. Uh, we work with what we, we like to call the long tail of, uh, of EHRs. Some of them are still, uh, you know, on-premise implementations of EHRs that are that are sitting there that uh, require, um, you know, pretty uh, interesting kind of ways to be able to to access them remotely. Um, we see that uh, difference, and we see kind of the the difference of experiences um, in those. And you know, we're trying to build a way that we can, um, you know, abstract those experiences for our physicians that are taking care of multiple. Uh, hospitals and try and keep them out of the EHR and consistent in a uh, user experience that's delightful for them and that makes their lives much easier and efficient and lets them really focus solely on the patient care aspect of it. Uh, but it's a challenge. You know, we've got to figure out how to work with each of those different uh, EHR systems. And it's a it's a harder challenge than it needs to be. I know that you know, we've got CMS and a lot of different organizations pushing for the standardization of some of these things, but it can't come soon enough uh, to be able to really enable us to, to leverage technology, as I mentioned before, in the same way that we've seen uh, that proliferation over the past um, 10, 15 years across a lot of the other verticals in the enterprise space. Anand, thank you so much. And, and many of your responses today sort of collectively paint a picture of what the future of, of healthcare, the future of virtual care might look like. But I want to close out here by asking you pointedly, what, what is your vision of the future of virtual care? What will it look like in, let's say, five years? Yeah, I mean, we've really been focused over the past few years on uh, specialty care and the um, of access. My, my vision and my dream, and I, I think we're going to get there, is really how do we seamlessly get that expertise where it's needed to help patients? And, you know, I think that challenge here is not huge in terms of there's not uh, massive technology hurdles or anything that we need to get over. Really, the challenge is how do we make this work economically? You know, right now, if you want to spend thousands of dollars on a, a second opinion from a leading expert uh, in a field, you can do that today. But the real uh, challenge is how do you democratize that access so it makes a broader impact um, across, uh, across you know, the entire population of patients. And to me, that all comes down to simplifying and automating all of these administ administrative tasks that it takes to deliver this care. And fundamentally, uh, technology, and as we've talked about, interoperability are the key elements for that. I believe we can do that, and I believe we can get there. Uh, you know, we've seen huge changes in terms of uh, some of the things on interoperability. Obviously, the acceptance of uh, to telehealth and virtual care as a modality for delivering really quality care over the past uh, past few years. I think we're going to continue to see that trend, and I'm really excited to where we're going to be. Certainly, an exciting time to think about all these developments and how they might change healthcare. Anand, thank you so much for for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it.